You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Bad Course Top Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. Going right into the NBA Finals. Then some interesting breaking news for golf fans. But first, Danny, right into the NBA Finals and where the Miami Heat pulls this out. Game two, 111-108 against the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, Danny, I, I was looking at either a sweep or five games. I may have to adjust my thinking here, my prediction. Uh, I'm leaning towards six games, still Denver. Mm-hmm. But who knows, man? Can Miami pull this out? I mean, Eric Spolster came in with the excellent strategy, coaching strategy, by actually starting Kevin Love. Uh, Kevin Love actually has six points, 10 rebounds, uh, two steals, and assists. Um, but I think it was just more so his presence uh, in, in his girth and the fact that he's a little bit taller here. Gabe Vincent, man, just had a game for the ages, 23 points uh, for him, and he was just gunning for it, man. Uh, finally woke up. He started to really play here, uh, saying some shots, 14 points, uh, four for 10 from the three-point line. Uh, Butler still... Uh, you know, 21 points, 7 for 19 from the field, a pedestrian game, in my opinion, for him. Nonetheless, he uh, actually guarded Jamal Murray, allowed for Kevin Love to uh, come in and do what he does. Bam, out of the field, had 21 points, uh, 9 rebounds. Man, what of this an effort by the Miami Heat? Duncan Robinson was hot in the fourth quarter. Uh, in Daw Danny. So this is a, a good collective team win by um, the Miami Heat. But I have to say this, though, Danny. I think the strategy was for Jokic to go ahead and get his. He had 41 points, um, but he only had four assists. I think that's where Eric Spolstra decided, okay, this would allow him to score, but passing to get everybody else involved, let's go ahead and keep that to a minimum. Uh, mm-hmm. And so 41 points by Jokic. Uh, and then 18 by Jamal Murray, and to round out 12 points for Aaron Gordon, round out that uh, starting crew in terms of double digits. Danny, I, I think what we're going to see here in game three is true grit here uh, by the Miami Heat. I think they are confident. I think we're going to get some kind of game out of Jimmy Butler um, that is going to help keep the Miami Heat in the game. I don't see any type of blowout either way um, down in Miami for both games. Um, so we'll see. What say you about this game two in the NBA Finals? One key, Jason. They hit shots. Miami yep. Heat made their shots. First game, the guys you mentioned were off. And a part of it, I think, was coming off that hard series with Boston. They didn't have their legs. You got the altitude. <laughs> You know, just adjusting to the all those different factors. It's the finals, so nerves. They got comfortable in the second game. And 
it was one of those things where it's confidence too, where Coach Spo has confidence in them to just let it ride. It wasn't like they're hesitating either. Like Struess in the first quarter, it wasn't like he was hesitating, even though he was broke as all get out in the first game. He was letting it go and he was making them. And so it snowballed to the other players that for, in order for Miami to pull this off, they need them to have those type of games. Um, Bam Adebayo is the key right now in this series, man, because he's the one going at Jokic down low because Jokic isn't the greatest defender. So if they can expose him on the defensive end, uh, that helps Miami's chances. I look at game three, what adjustments are going to be made from the Denver side of the ball. Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. have to show up in order for Denver to win. There's no reason for those two to not be dominating in this series with their height and athleticism. They have to bring it in game three uh, to push Denver over the top. And then Miami being at home and Tyler Hero still waiting to see the news if he's going to suit up for game three. I know they're projecting him to uh, possibly suit up in game three, but I have not seen any news yet on Tyler Hero and what they plan to do there. I was happy to see a split because that means uh, there's going to be a, at least another game. It won't be a sweep. And it's heading back to Miami. So we'll see what happens down in Miami. Do you go ahead and play Tyler Hero, Danny? I, I wouldn't start him, but do you do you play him in, in, to any degree? It's tough, man. It's one of those things with superstition. I don't know if people are superstitious or anything like that, but you've been rolling with the same crew without mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. and you just don't want to mess up any type of flow. But at the same time, he's, he's someone who can score, who can handle the mm -hmm. ball, and he could take some attention away from, like, a Bam or a Jimmy Butler because you got to respect his shot and his mm -hmm. hand. Mm -hmm. I think you ease him in just to see what he has, and if he just doesn't have it, then he sits on the bench. But mm -hmm. you just don't want him to take minutes away from – the guys that have been playing and playing well and have gotten them to this point, I just don't think that you play him a lot just to see what he has mm -hmm. and not mess up the flow of the team. Let me ask Danny, as we are talking about these Miami Heat, who've gone through the Eastern Conference fashioned by many outside the state of Florida, um, let me just ask, does this win by the Miami Heat in game two, does this change your prediction? No. So you predicted, if I recall correctly, you had them, you had Denver in six. Yes, I had Denver in six. Okay. And I think it changes my prediction a little bit here. Like I said, at the onset, I, I want to say Miami by winning game two, may win another game, mm -hmm. which puts me at game six. Let's see, again, I had them as three for at most game, you know, five games. Um, so by them winning, it gives them the probably six. And, and you got to think of too, Jay, in that game too, Denver almost still pulled that game out. Mm-hmm, they sure did. Jamal Murray was uh, uh, right there. Right there, man, for making that three-point and pushing it to OT and actually coming back on Miami's 12th when they had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So there's something to be said for that. And like I said, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., KCP even, man, they had nothing in that game. So I'm looking for them to step it up a little bit in a very competitive game down in Miami. Yeah, we'll see um, with what Coach Mike Malone indicated at the post-game pressure, um, basically really taking shots at his team for the lack of defense, uh, especially when individuals are not getting touches um, on offense, that they need to play defense. And so we'll see if that message resonates to those players and all. Um, i.e. probably Michael Porter Jr. and their Gordon. I think it, w- it will. Um, they're too close to a championship, to their goal uh, in dog for them to not listen to their coach in every aspect at this point. So I think what Mike Malone has done and said uh, is going to resonate with them. But I also think that what Spolstra has done and has said will resonate with his Miami Heat. This is going to be interesting. I think this is going to be really a good game three, a good uh, amount of coaching. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of adjustments being made throughout the game, quite frankly. Uh, I love how Spolstra has come out and and pushed different defenses uh, at Denver, uh, keeping Denver um, on their heels uh, and all. I think this is going to be really a coaching exhibition in game three. Um, So we'll see what happens. And Jason, this goes back to the fact of Denver's never been here before. Miami has. Mm -hmm. So a lot of expectations on a Michael Porter Jr., on an Aaron Gordon, on a KCP. These are big expectations, man. Mm -hmm. And they've never been here before. This is where Miami can really take advantage of them with their experience and knowing how to fight these games out. It's a mental game more than a physical game, I think, at mm-hmm. this point. And so breaking news, Danny, in the golf world and where the PGA Tour has agreed, that's right, they have agreed to merge with the Saudi bank rival Live Golf and where one of the interesting things about this announcement by the commissioner was that it was done on CNBC, not ESPN, not the Golf Channel, but it was done by Commissioner Jay Monahan on CNBC. And another thing that was interesting is that a lot of the top PGA Tour golfers didn't even know about this. It took them all by surprise, Danny. They were finding out just like how we found out, whether it's through social media or uh, uh, CNBC or uh, ESPN, just how we really get news. That's how they got this news. And this is really interesting. And we had a feeling that with Live Golf actually being who they are, Saudi backed, very rich, coaching top golfers from the PGA Tour, for them to actually come on to the Live Golf and bank, make buku dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and we felt that it was just a matter of time that something like this was going to happen. And so here it is about two years after live golf, you know, really shakes up the golf world and man, here they are emerging. Also I had a feeling this was going to happen though, Danny, when the PGA tour uh, magically found some additional money to give to their 
PGA Tour members uh, or to sweeten the pot, the prize winning of uh, golf tournaments. For so long, you have PGA Tour members really uh, go at live golf members um, because when you think about live golf, they're Saudi backed. They have the public investment fund or the PIF. I wonder how this is going to increase the fan base here in America. But I will say this may increase the fan base across the world. This is now becoming more of a global league. And mm -hmm. Live Golf, Saudi Arabia back Live Golf, they're looking to invest billions of dollars of new capital into this new now for-profit organization. Uh, in where the PGA Tour was a nonprofit organization. So go figure with that. So Danny, this is going to be something to continue to watch here. Uh, I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked. I was shocked that it happened this all of a matter of fact way that it did. But I was shocked that none of the tour members knew that this was going to be announced. There was supposed to be a meeting with the PGA Tour members because they're playing in Canada. Ironically enough, those who are not present at that golf, golf tournament has requested to do a Zoom. That request has been denied, uh, according to sources. This is this, man, this is probably not how to tell your PGA Tour members or your or the participants in your league. Uh, how to handle the situation, um, but it seemed like it was something kind of quick that came on, and Danny, I'll just say this, this is something that was bound to happen when you have that amount of money involved here where you can play less rounds of golf in a tournament, three rounds as opposed to four rounds in a golf tournament, my understanding with Live Golf, uh, and you have a little bit more rest. It was a matter of time. They could play on teams. It's just, it's almost like the ABA versus NBA situation, Danny. And where Live Golf is kind of like the ABA. They have all these new bells and whistles and everything where the NBA is kind of like the PGA Tour uh, and all, uh, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see what happens. What say you about this new merger well jason i think one other thing of note is all the litigation that has been going on between the two entities that will uh, come to an end so that part of it will go away and for me when you watch the tournaments it was that us versus them thing going on which i thought was actually pretty cool because it actually pushed the competition a little bit and i know the golfers are always saying the right things about oh it's not us versus them and all that good stuff but it was i'm curious to see too how this changes the pay structure for the actual pga tour members because the guys that went to live they got that big money they got paid then the PGA for this to happen and the PGA tour members to say, did I miss a big key opportunity from a salary perspective? Hell yeah, they did. 
and that's why I'm curious how this is all going to play out. Mm-hmm. And will it be some type of retro active or something going forward for the PGA tour members mm-hmm. uh, from a salary perspective or how this will all work. So like you said, it's fresh news. There are a lot of details we have to sift out um, along with others to see exactly how this will go forward with this merger. But it's one of those things where they're like battling, battling. Now we're all kumbaya. We're all in, you know, all one. That it's just going to be strange, I think, for a little bit too, until this is all set. Even once it's settled and people kind of know the way, I still think it's going to be some saltiness about the guys that got that initial money mm-hmm. versus the guys that did not get that money and did not take that chance to go play mm-hmm. with live golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more to come on this, but definitely something that <laughs> caught me off guard today. Thank you for joining us at Back Porch Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.